grew up here in the mountains of Colorado and spent most of my childhood playing outside with my little sister, Bethany, and my baby brother, David. And we were all out in the forest one day when my brother, he was around the age of five. He lost his shoe and was left behind as we just kept running. I heard him crying out behind me, and, and I circled back around another way and was getting closer and closer to him. And he was there under a tree, you know, little guy just sniffling, trying to get his shoe back on. And I was behind this tree, and I called out in the deepest voice my, my little 10-year-old self could muster, David, what is it? And I could see him clearly as he looked up, his jaw it just went out and his eyes were as big as saucers and he sat there and looked toward heaven and said, is that you, Lord? Now, it was a funny moment. He was disappointed that it was actually just me, his big brother, but I did help him get his shoe on and we kept playing, but I've never forgotten that look on his face and that innocent question of, is that you, Lord? As a child, he had an expectation that the God of the universe was gonna audibly speak to him. Now, we've all wondered at some point, like, God, are you even listening to me? Are you watching? And, and, and beyond that, God, are you speaking to me? Like, I, I read in the Bible where you speak to people. Are you speaking to me, like, personally? And depending on your childhood or maybe your church background or your experiences, you, you're either certain that you hear from God or you, don't wonder, or you wonder how anyone could ever claim such a thing. Today, I want to reveal something to you that not only is God actively at work and speaking, but that the Bible is clear that you, if you've come to faith in Jesus and you're following him as your savior, that you can hear God speak to you. We're in this series, Awake, O Sleeper, and today I want us to awaken from spiritual deafness, to have a fresh understanding that God has wisdom for us to hear and words for us to live by. Here's why today's message is important. If God is speaking to his followers, that means that we would have supernatural insight into our relationships, into our, our careers, into our parenting, into our character, and our whole life. But in our postmodern world, there's a growing uncertainty and disbelief that God actually talks to anyone. So I want to start off today with something that came directly from the lips of Jesus. In John 10, Jesus is painting a picture of what it means to follow him. He, he claims that he is the good shepherd and that if you, if you are somebody who's followed him in faith, his son and his daughter, that you are part of his flock, one of his sheep. He says in verse 3, John 10 verse 3, The sheep recognize the shepherd's voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow because they know his voice. And later on in verse 27, he echoes this, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. You know, Jesus seems to make it pretty clear that he's the shepherd and he's, he's speaking. He knows us each by name. So, so he knows you personally. He's speaking to you personally. And based on Jesus' words here, the question isn't if he's speaking. Because that much is clear throughout the Bible. The question is, are we listening? Do we hear him? And are we obeying his voice? So what does the, his voice sound like? The, the Bible is full of different ways that God speaks. And God speaks primarily now through the Bible. 
Sometimes he speaks audibly, sometimes through other people's prophets, and, and oftentimes he speaks directly to the person's heart. And in 1 Kings 19, we find the mighty prophet Elijah in a cave. He's just come from a spiritual summit followed by a deep, dark valley. And God lets Elijah know, I'm about to meet with you outside of that cave. And so Elijah is inside, inside the cave, waiting for God to give him the sign to come out. I mean, can you imagine this moment being inside there when God says, I'm going to let you know when I'm ready. I'm going to communicate with you when, my pres- when you can come out into my presence. But how would you know the right time? Like, what's the signal? How does he communicate? Well, 1 Kings 19, verse 11. As Elijah is inside the cave, then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks. If I'm, an, if I'm Elijah waiting for a sign from God, when a powerful windstorm sweeps through and shatters rocks, I'm like, there it is. That's God. This is it. Verse 11 continues. But the Lord wasn't in the wind. Like, that that wasn't God. He wasn't in the crashing of the wind. And so then it says, after the wind, there was an earthquake. Elijah feels the very earth below him begin to move and tremble. I mean, if ever there was a sign that it was God, I mean, he's, he's bringing an earthquake now. But it says, the Lord was not in the earthquake. Not the windstorm, not the earthquake. And then verse 12, after the earthquake came a fire. Now, okay, All throughout the Old Testament and New Testament, fire is often a sign of God. Like, surely this is it. Elijah, when the fire comes raging through, that's the sign that God says, come on out. But it says the Lord was not in the fire. I would have definitely have guessed that one, I think. But Elijah didn't budge. And the next verse says, after the fire came a still, small voice. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. He walked out into God's presence. Elijah was waiting to hear from God, and and he experienced a wind that blasted and shattered the rocks. The the tremble of the ground as it started to shake, and finally a burning fire raged outside. But Elijah, the prophet of God, he knew God's voice. He stayed in the cave, unmoved by the incredibly loud and chaos that had come previously. But then he heard that gentle whisper, that still small voice. And, and like that was God? That was what it was? It strikes me. We live in a culture that, that deals in wind and earthquakes and in fire. You can't turn on the television without hearing someone blowing a tempest of hot air. Read almost any headline and, and they'll declare loudly that, that our world is shaking. Our society's shaking. Everything's uncertain and trembling. With our own eyes, we see the fires of injustice and violence and polarization and fear. Our world screams with wind, earthquakes, and fire. It's loud, it's deafening, it's consuming. And if you're like me, many times we can be in the cave of our own little world. But the talking heads and the headlines, and the social media rage so loud that we we pull up our cloak and come out to listen more closely. We come out and give the wind and the quakes and the fires our ear. But Elijah waited. He waited until he heard God speak to that secret place in his soul. And what's even more beautiful is that the Hebrew word used here that speaks to Elijah is demamah. Dimama is, is where we get the word still 
in still small voice. But demama has a meaning that, that changed how I forever read this because it, it, can mean, it can mean silence. Silence. Elijah stood in the cave waiting to hear from God and he heard the silent voice of God Almighty speaking to the secret place in his soul. And that is what prompted him to come out. And the application is this. Jesus said, if you're my sheep, you'll hear my voice. God told Elijah, I'll tell you when to come out. Loud chaos called to Elijah, but he knew the voice of God. He knew that God wasn't speaking in the raging wind or the earthquake or the fire. In the stillness of his heart, he heard and he felt that that deep prompt, deep in his, his spirit, and he responded. And the question is, what are we most often listening to? It's hard to hear God. It's hard to hear his still, small voice when my radio is always on, when the podcast is always playing. So in the car, I try to make a practice of, of silencing my radio, silencing my podcasts, silencing my heart, and listening. Jesus said, if you're my sheep, you'll hear my voice. And I've heard him personally. Most often he speaks to me through his word, the Bible. And there are times he gives amazing wisdom and insight through trusted friends. And then there are times I sense his voice in my heart, in that deep place like Elijah, in a wonderful way. I've heard his silent whisper giving me wisdom. I've heard that still small voice giving direction. We shouldn't be surprised because Jesus said, if you're my sheep, you will hear my voice. If you're in the place of faith where, where you've decided that God doesn't speak, I, I want you to hear me. God's word declares that he is not mute. God wants to give you real-time insight into your life and, and about what's ahead. Jesus said that when he left the earth, God would send the Holy Spirit. They called this Holy Spirit the counselor. The counselor would come. And a, a counselor who doesn't speak counsel, well, that's not a counselor at all. Well, why would he send us a, a mute counselor to reside within us? Within you is the spirit of God, the counselor who wants to speak to you and to give you divine insight. It's important to get his counsel because it changes how we do life, how we live life. And last week we talked about spiritual blindness. You remember that? Of course you do. You never forget any of my sermons, right? We were in 2 Kings 6, where Elisha's servant has his eyes opened to see God at work. You remember, Elisha the prophet was surrounded by an invading army of the king of Aram. But God sent his forces to protect his prophet. And this week, I want to look at that same story, but I want to look at why this king, Ar king of Aram this evil king had declared war on this prophet of God. Why was he surrounding him? Why was he attacking him? Because it has everything to do with hearing God's voice. It has to do with what we're talking about today, awaken to hear God's voice. So a powerful king deploys all his soldiers after one prophet. Let's read from 2 Kings 6, verse 8. Now the king of Aram was at war with Israel, God's people. After conferring with his officers, he would say, I'll go set up my camp in such and such a place. In other words, let's go send our forces over here. They're making plans. Let's go send them there. Let's go attack from over here. Verse 9, Elisha would send word to the king of Israel, beware passing that place because the 
Arameans are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by Elisha. And time and again, Elisha warned the king of Israel so that he was on guard in the places he needed to be on guard. This enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded, tell me which one of us is on the side of the king of Israel. Like, who's the traitor in the room? Why is it when we make plans, they're always there where we're attacking? Why are they always at the place where we've decided we're going to attack them? They replied, none of us, my lord, my king, said one of his officers. It's Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel. He tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Elisha's giving inside information. Let's sum this up briefly. God was giving Elisha insight onto where to send the defenses so that when the enemy attacked, they were constantly defended in that place. Elisha had insider information on where to deploy the strength. Elisha had inside information on where he could relax and be at peace. We don't have to put a defense over here. We put our defense over here. He didn't have to waste his energy spreading all the forces around in hopes of being ready at all the different places. He waited until God told him where to defend, and that was where he deployed his strength. What if God wanted to give you divine insight into where to deploy your strength? What if you didn't have to be guessing and, and second-guessing where the next temptation or spiritual attack would come from? What if the counselor, the Holy Spirit, wanted to counsel you on where to spend your energy defending and where you could be at peace? What if every time your spiritual enemy or temptation came from a new angle, you were already there in force? Because God had given you insight. Elisha heard from God on the battles, on what battles to fight. And that means he also heard from God about which battles to ignore. In 2020, we spent a lot of energy defending hills, fighting battles, and deploying our energy to places we maybe never had to fight. Uh, perhaps you've been defending places in or opinions in your mind and dying on hills that God didn't intend you to die on. I look back in hindsight and wonder why we flexed so hard in certain places. Because the truth is this. Some of us spent more energy fighting for or against a mask than we did for our marriage. And, and it shows some of us fought harder for our political opinion than we fought for heavenly purposes. And it shows. And this isn't condemnation. This is an invitation. Because what if God wants to give you insight on which battles to fight? And what if he wants to give you insight on, on what battles to, to let go? What if God wants to tell you where to deploy your strength? and energy, and, and where you can relax. Because the next big attack, it might be aimed at your spouse's heart. But you've deployed your energy on social media battles. The next assault on your faith may come in a form of, of temptation at work. Uh, but you've sent all your forces to attack your ex. Jesus said, if you're my sheep, you'll hear my voice. 
Elijah heard the silent prompt of God calling him. Elisha heard the silent prompt of God telling him where to deploy his strength. And you are invited into this because you follow Jesus. You have the Holy Spirit, the counselor who wants to give you real-time counsel. You, have a, you are a candidate for, for inside information from the heavenly general. He wants to speak to you the same way he spoke to Elisha. Hey, the attack is coming over here in your life. Deploy your forces. You can relax over here. Be at peace. This life is offered to you. And I can preach this with, with 100% confidence because I've experienced this in my own life. In big ways and small ways, God gives, has given me these insights. And, and here's one big example. Years ago, I was the associate pastor here at this church. And I was contemplating leaving. I, 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 was just, I wanted to leave and either go plant another church here in the area or pursue one of the offers I had received. I was getting burned out fighting battles internally on what I thought was next for me. I was ready to leave and exert a lot of effort creating something new. It would have taken a lot of my energy directed into one place to either move my family or plant something new. It was summertime. I was seeking God's wisdom on what I should do in this very way. I wanted to leave, but I wanted to stay. So I began to seek God's wisdom, truly listening to him for what he would have me do because this decision was one I didn't know if I could recover from whichever way I chose. I was sitting there at the bonfire coffee shop here in town praying through this and I heard God say to my heart silently and I'm going to read this from my journal app that I wrote there in that place in that summer. I heard God say this to me. You have one year. Between now and the first day of fall, you have a year to prepare. Honor everyone during this time. You have one year. During this year, relax and be at peace. Pursue me, but pursue no other opportunities. Did you catch that? Stop deploying your strength looking to create a new opportunity. Relax in that place. Don't defend that. Instead, redirect all your strength and energy to pursuing me and honoring the people around you. Now, I didn't know what to do with that other than write it down, and I did. I prayed about it and quietly began to live it. I only told my wife that what I believe I'd heard from God and this date of the first day of fall over a year away. But I relaxed. I chose peace in the, in the areas that God told me to be at peace in my circumstances. And, and I put my energy into honoring people around me like he had asked me. And I, I waited. For over a year, I did this. And then that next year, it came. The first day of fall. I couldn't believe it. It was here. And guess what? Nothing happened. The most normal day you could ever have. Nothing happened. I couldn't believe it. September 21st came and went and nothing. I, I, I told Amy that night, I was like, I, I was just devastated. <laughs> It had been so clear. It had been so audible in my heart. I had written that down and I would read that part that I read to you. I would read that daily. I had exerted all my energy into these ways and I had just been at peace in these and nothing happened. The next day was September 22nd and I just, I woke up disheartened and 
started going through my day. And, and, but on that day, some unique and very unexpected conversations took place. And in these conversations, the future opened up to me in a way I, I, I could not even have dreamed of. Conversations that, that have me standing right here preaching this sermon right now today as lead pastor of the orchard. Amazing conversations, but they were a day late. Amy struggled and said, Amy, Amy shrugged and said, she didn't struggle, she shrugged and said, why don't you, like, why don't you check and see what, what the first day of fall is? So standing right there with my wife in the kitchen, I pulled out my phone and I said, Siri, what's the first day of fall? And she replied, September 22nd. My, my jaw hit the floor. God hadn't been late. I, I had been a day early. But the word that he whispered to my heart in that coffee shop, that he gave me a, a date the first day of fall, it happened. It, it materialized in a way I could never have arranged in my power. And the amazing part of that testimony is that God told me something over a year previously that gave me so much peace along the way. He told me not to, to, to spend my forces, not deploy my energy fighting for new opportunities, stressing over offers, trying to choose what's next. Be at peace there. I simply re I relaxed in those places because God told me to. I stopped fighting a battle he told me to let go of. And instead, I had a peaceful year. And he gave me an opportunity that I never could have imagined. I deployed my energy to pursuing God and, and honoring people around me, which took more energy than I had expected. But those battles were the places where he had transformed my character in the deepest ways. Those were the battles where the fiercest attacks came. That's where I needed my defense, not over here. Those were attacks that I wouldn't have been ready for. Like Elisha, had I not heard from God, I would have been defenseless. Now, there are those who say that God doesn't speak anymore. All I can tell you is what I've read in the Bible and what I've experienced in my own life. All I know is that the God spoke to me in the coffee shop that day. He gave me a date on the calendar over a year away. And he orchestrated circumstances in a way I never could have. All I know is that he speaks to me time and time again, and it proves itself. He proves himself. God speaks. Jesus said, if you're my sheep, you'll hear my voice. Elijah heard the silent prompt of God calling. Elisha heard the silent prompt of God saying, where to deploy your defenses and where to be at peace. If you listen for God's voice, he wants to give you insight, inside information on the attacks that you're gonna face in 2021. He wants to let you know where to have your strongest faith ready. Your marriage, he wants it defended in the right areas so that you know where to defend your, your kid's heart in the right ways, so that you can take the right risks at work, so that you can be at peace in places that you never were asked to fight. He wants to make sure that you are armed to the teeth where in your character you will come under fire this year. One final insight I want to give you to end this is one that I hope will be your prayer all week, all year, I'm sorry. Because the truth is, I want you to pray like never before to hear God's voice. There's nothing like it. It changes everything. When you begin to hear the voice of God and follow it, your life will never be the same as you have peace in places you can have peace and you defend in the places you need to defend the most.
Your greatest prayer this year can be found in a very unexpected place in the Bible. 1 Kings 3. This is where God came to King Solomon with an offer. Verse 5. The Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream, and God said, Ask for whatever you want, and I will give it to you. That's not a bad offer. Ask any one thing of God, and he'd give it to you. What would you ask for? And Solomon didn't ask for wealth or health or power. Verse 9, Solomon replies, Give your servant, give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, to discern between good and evil. Give me an understanding heart. That's what he asked for. Interesting, we always heard that Solomon asked God for wisdom. But if you look deeper into this, I believe there's something much, much more going on here. There's often a footnote, depending on which translation of the Bible you're reading, which version, about something said here in the original Hebrew. Give your servant an understanding heart. What it says here in the Hebrew, it says, give your servant a shema lev. A shema lev. Shema is a word we've discussed before in some of these times. It's the name of the ancient prayer that we get our vision from, love God, love people. Lev means heart, understanding heart, right? But Shema means to hear, to listen. God says to Solomon, ask for anything you want and I'll give it to you. And what if Solomon asked God, not for wisdom, but for a heart that hears? What if the source of Solomon's wisdom is that his heart would hear God's voice in every circumstance, in every judgment. Give me Shema Lev. Give me a heart that hears. That's what Solomon asked for. So may that be your prayer today. May that be your prayer every day this year because a heart that hears God will transform every aspect of your life. Shema Lev. Give me a heart that hears your voice. Solomon asked for that, and God said, you've chosen wisely. I'm going to give you everything else because of it. May we choose wisely. May we, may we ask God for a heart that hears. May this be our prayer every morning waking up. God, give me a heart that hears your voice. And throughout your day, God, give me a heart that hears your voice. As you may turn down the volume on the wind and the earthquake and the fires of this culture and of your life, may you create some space for the silent voice of God to whisper to your heart. And may you follow the voice of your shepherd as he leads you and guides you and heals you. There are battles that you do not need to fight this year. There's decisions you don't need to make that you're coming up to. But there's risks that you don't know about that he wants you to take. And there's insight on, on how and where to fight for your kids' hearts. There's wisdom on, on where to be more vulnerable for your spouse. And there's circumstances coming up, coming your way in 2021, that the voice of God wants to tell you exactly how to proceed. Jesus said, my sheep will hear my voice and follow. He's speaking. He's speaking to you. He knows you by name. He's giving you personal insight. Question is, will we pray for that heart to hear? And then will we quiet ourselves to hear him? Will we train our ear to heaven? 
So may your, may your prayer be this week, God, give me a heart that hears your voice like Solomon. God, like Elisha, show me where to, to deploy my energy, my defenses. God, like Elijah, let me recognize your silent voice to my heart. And like Jesus said, may I hear your voice, know it, and follow. May that be our prayer. Orchard, that's my prayer for you this week, that God would speak clearly, and for the first time maybe, first time in a long time, you hear divine insight and your heart is bursting as you hear from God. Love you, praying for you, love God and love people.